Welcome to the Hospitality Forward podcast. We are so excited to kick off season three. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency. We are specialized in building national and global brands for bars, restaurants, hotels, and travel destinations. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. We created this podcast to help hospitality and travel professionals learn how to earn the media spotlight. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its positive impact on someone's career and business. So tune in every week to hear us interview top journalists who share their insights and tips to be featured in the media. Hannah and I are also the authors and creators of our agency's first book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, which is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores nationwide. Each week, we give away a copy of The Japanese Art of the Cocktail to a listener who shares how our podcast helped them tell their story to the media. Simply email us at info at hanaleecommunications.com. That's info at H-A-N-N-A-L-E-E communications with an S. Com and have hospitality forward in the subject line for a chance to win a book. Now moving on to this week's episode. We are delighted to chat with Sam Dangramont, a contributing digital editor at Town & Country, where he covers cocktails, food, wine, travel, and men's style. Sam also holds a JD and an MBA and is a newly minted attorney admitted to the Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey bars. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. So great to see you. So great to see you both, too. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very happy to say that uh, you're, you're one of the first guests on our show to be wearing two hats simultaneously. You're an accomplished journalist, and you're now also a lawyer who recently passed the bar and can practice in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. So our congratulations to you. Cheers to that. Thank you. So what are some of those common threads that unite the two very different professions? I would say um, both jobs involve a significant amount of research and editing and revising one's own work. Um, I think depending on the type of lawyer that one is, there is also a lot of variety in the work. So I know as a journalist, one of the things that interested me the most in going into the profession was the opportunities it provided for exposure to all different topics and uh, subjects. So I am a, a very curious person innately, and I have a lot of varied interests and hobbies from one of my favorite pastimes, making cocktails, to learning about men's style. And uh, I'm a private pilot, so I fly single-engine airplanes, and I'm an emergency medical technician, so I volunteer with my town's ambulance service, and I'm always in search of new and exciting opportunities. And I think that as a journalist, um, it's a great field to be in because I could write about so many different topics from real estate to cocktails to men's style. And as a lawyer, I'm hoping that I can 
have a similar variety in the the types of law that I'm able to practice. Does it being a writer make you a better lawyer, or vice versa? I would say so. Uh, my background as a writer definitely gave me a leg up in my legal writing classes when I was in law school at at Fordham, and I was. However, surprised to learn how different legal writing is from journalistic writing. To give you an example, legal writing is all about short sentences, putting your main point right up at the top of your uh, whatever document you're writing. Whereas journalistic writing has offers opportunity for a little bit more creativity. I would say, um, being a lawyer. Has made me a better writer overall, though, because I think I've learned to express my ideas more succinctly. You've been with Town and Country since 2010, I believe, and now a contributing digital editor. So, what does that entail? I write about a variety of topics, including cocktails, wine, restaurants, travel, men's style, and the social scene. All the fun stuff. Exactly. So our hospitality and travel industries are coming back slowly but surely. So uh, in coming months, is there any particular stories that you'll be looking to write, or specific topics that you are thinking of? I'm looking forward to covering more food and cocktail stories, especially as New York and other cities are starting to reopen after the the pandemic. I'm also planning to write some more travel pieces. I was very fortunate to pass the February bar exam and then uh, have five months off to travel before starting my clerkship at the end of July. So this past summer, between passing the bar exam and then getting admitted as an attorney, I took some pretty incredible trips. I started in Costa Rica. I took a solo trip to Costa Rica in March, and then. Visited the Galapagos and I climbed Machu Picchu with my family in June. Incredible! And I spent July visiting Italy, Greece, and Croatia with friends. And in Italy, as excuse me, in Greece, I visited the island of Antiparos, where I went to a new hotel that opened earlier in the summer called the Rooster, and uh, wrote a piece about that for Town and Country. And I'm planning to write about some of the other places I visited on my trips.、Uh, As well, amazing, fascinating. Well, let, let's circle back to、uh, some of your recent stories. You had a great article in Town and Country on the best sake to indulge in as soon as possible, and that's that's a sentiment we all share. It's、uh, given us quite a shopping list, and it was nice that even on the high end,、uh, none of the sakes that you spotlighted were over ninety bucks, which is quite reasonable. So, what made you choose to focus on sake, and why now in particular? Thank you. I'm, I'm I'm glad you liked that story. It was an exciting story, an exciting opportunity for me to be able to learn more about a subject that was fairly new to me. I didn't know much about sake going into that, and my editor assigned me the story after、um, one of the SEO specialists at Town and Country noticed that interest in sake was increasing in Google searches. So people are clearly Interested in the topic and searching for the best sake drink right now. So, as Monica Samuels, one of the experts I inter- I interviewed in the story, said, "Premium sake is an industry that 
is relatively young. And every year there are new frontiers that are being crossed. So it'll be interesting to see where things go from here with it. Yeah, I think it's a real opportunity because sake is still largely undiscovered and largely unfetishized by collectors, at least at this point. So now's the time to uh, to get in there and really experience these things at a very accessible level because who knows, you know, two years from now, it might be a very different situation there. Right. I remember um, just a few years ago, my brother and I bought a case of Weller 12 whiskey. And we, felt, we now feel like we were, uh, we got in at a very good time on it because uh, I think we paid about 23 or $24 a bottle for that. And now if you can find a bottle of Weller 12, it's $300. So I wonder if sake is going that route and, and now is the time to buy these bottles that are already collectible and may become even more so. Absolutely. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I love sake. So anything sake related, I will read and I'll buy them and I'll drink <laughs> Sign them. Sign us up for yes, sure. Definitely. So around the globe, we have our audience from like 60 different countries. And these are all very professional people in our industry, like, you know, the chefs and bartenders and baristas and sommeliers and designers. And they have uh, so many great stories to tell, but they don't necessarily like know how to get to you, someone like you. Um, for these experts, what are the top three things that you are looking for in searching for interviewee for your stories? Uh, first, I would say anyone should feel free to get in touch with me by email. Um, if you go on my Instagram, which is just my name written out, at Sam Dangramond, uh, there's a button that uh, I think it says email me or email, and you can feel free to click that and send me a message directly. Um, I think what inter is interesting to me is in the food and drink and hospitality space, um, people who are on the one hand very established, like I, I went to Levin Madison Park early, earlier this summer and had a great meal there. I was very interested to see the changes that the restaurant has made. Um, I'm interested in chefs like Daniel Holm pivoting and uh, changing the, the, the concept of their restaurants. Um, same with Chef Boulou pivoting and opening a restaurant like Le Pavillon after Daniel. But I'm also interested in younger sort of upstarts who are changing the game in some way or have some new approach to restaurants, food and drinks and as I said earlier, I'm just a very curious person. So I'm always up trying new places and learning about new things. And I always like to uh, to see what else is, is out there. A shared passion. Mm -hmm. So what's the best way to get your attention when pitching you a story, especially if you don't know the person that's emailing you? What, what advice would you give? It's always interesting if, if you're pitching something that's a new restaurant or new bar, say the town and country, and I think a lot of other publications are interested in uh, design along with whatever the actual food and cocktail menu is. So if you could include photos of the space, that's certainly um, a big help to, to the pitch. Um, I'm also curious about 
who is involved. So um, where's the chef or where's the bartender or beverage director been before? And how did he or she get to this project and, and what drew them to this, this location? Let's talk about social media. I know you love Instagram and um, you've been posting so many great places and cocktails and food that you enjoy. So um, how often do you find stories via social media? And if you do, which platforms that you use to find um, the stories or people or just to get inspired? I would say Instagram and Facebook to some extent. My editor-in-chief at Town & Country, Staline, has a wonderful Instagram uh, that you should all check out. And she's on the, the cutting edge of everything happening in New York, whether it's Broadway coming back or restaurants opening um, in the city or reopening in the city. And Instagram is definitely my main source, social media source for story ideas, but uh, Facebook as well, too. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people think that Facebook is so not so relevant, uh, but I think there's a huge community using Facebook as sort of like, um, you know, place to network and place to share their insights. And I love Facebook group because that's where you get to meet people who share the same interest. So I'm a huge fan of Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Do you, do you like LinkedIn? I've been using it a little bit more since I've you know, had some more things to add, like when I joined the Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey bars. So I have not used it that much in the past, but I should, I think. Yeah. I mean, I would say LinkedIn is so powerful. Business people like us, they are all on LinkedIn. We have a lot of prospects coming through LinkedIn. We have an employee team member coming through LinkedIn. My favorite, everybody think is, uh, Instagram is my favorite thing, but I have to say my true love on social channels is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very content and substance driven. It's a very powerful tool. And you're able to share articles on it, unlike Instagram. Oh my Absolutely. God, yes. I mean, it's like the most progressive, I also think. They have a LinkedIn video. They have a LinkedIn live. They have a LinkedIn everything. I mean, like- It's your next best friend. Yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. So, so Sam, what, what advice would you give to our listeners, you know, as you know, our hospitality and travel professionals, when it comes to using social media to get on the media's radar? I love seeing content about new bars, restaurants, cocktails. Um, Town & Country recently posted a great uh, Instagram live with a cocktail at um, Joe Allen's, I think, in uh, the theater district. And I did an Instagram live tasting of tequilas, of, of aged tequilas, in December of last year. So I think the more that you can share cocktail coverage and cocktail recipes on Instagram, the better. It's always interesting to see a new bar or restaurant or just a new recipe that I've never seen before. And I like to bookmark those recipes and then save them and, and try to recreate them at home. So I would say don't worry too much about making the content perfect, but just 
get it out there because people want to see it, Instagram especially. Do you prefer bartender making cocktails and doing things on reel or video or Insta story? Or do you like to see beautiful cocktail photo with the recipes? Like which one grabbed your attention? Right. The latter for me, because of the visual appeal and the way that a beautiful picture of a cocktail would grab my attention compared to uh, watching a reel or an Instagram live of the bartender, which is not to say that I don't like to do that, especially if I'm interested in the the bartender or the venue. Some way, like this uh, town and country Joe Allen Instagram live. But if I'm just looking for new recipes, which I am basically all the time, I'd prefer to just see the photo and the recipe of the cocktail and and uh, have that sort of quick hit. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So um, I mean, I think that during the pandemic, so many people and organizations uh, show their creativity and innovation. And in your opinion, which organization or person have you seen really innovating and moving the hospitality and travel industry forward? That's a good question. I'm a very loyal Delta fan, and I didn't fly much during the pandemic, but I did go to um, Wyoming once at the end of last summer. And then I was fortunate to get vaccinated earlier this year before my trips to Costa Rica. I flew Delta on those trips and also um, also when I went to South America and to Europe. And I know Delta, the way that they handled limiting seats, seat assignments, and uh, ensuring that passengers were wearing masks during the entire flights was impressive to me and made me feel very safe as a, as a traveler. I've also been impressed over the years with Delta's cocktails on board. I know right now they're serving canned cocktails from, I think, a purveyor out of Atlanta. I think it's called Tip mm-hmm. Cocktails. So I've had the old fashioned and the margarita that they serve on board, and I like those. Speaking of cocktails, if you had to share one cocktail with your best buddy, what, what would it be and why? Being almost fall, um, I've got whiskey and bourbon cocktails on my mind. And I love whiskey of all types Japanese whiskey, bourbon, Tennessee whiskey, Canadian whiskey. But I recently received a Whistle Pig Maple Old Fashioned kit from a friend of mine. And it came with Whistle Pig rye, barrel aged maple syrup, and maple bitters. And Whistle Pig, as you probably know, is based on a farm in Vermont that I visited. And uh, Vermont is the state where I was born. So I have a special affinity for it. Uh, if I had to choose one cocktail, to share with a friend, it would be an old-fashioned. Uh, you can't go wrong with the old-fashioned. Rock solid. So you've been traveling what, overseas for almost what months and months, right? But when you get to travel next time, mm-hmm. what's your next dream destination and why? I would love to go back to Japan. I went in 2018 to tour and write about whiskey distilleries. And I've been dying to go back ever since and explore more of the country. I'd love to visit um, Naoshima Island, the the art island with buildings by Tadao Ando, and just see as much of the country as I can. 
Japan is one of our favorite countries we, as well. We'd love to tag along. Well, that's why we wrote a book about <laughs> the Japanese art of the cocktail. One of the best cocktail bars I've been to in my life have been in Japan. They're so amazing because they're unassuming and, and they're sort of hidden away. But when you, mm-hmm. once you find them, I remember going to one that was in on the fourth or fifth story of this nondescript office building. And then once you get there and get to the door, it's like this incredible dream world that you enter. Mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. um, I was celebrating a birthday that during that trip. And I think I, turned whatever age I was turning um, that night because I was there at midnight and uh, I'll never forget that. Japanese bartending is such a art. The level of precision, the level of commitment, the level of dedication, it's inspiring. Very inspiring. Great. So great to catch up with you and great to see you even though it's a Zoom and hopefully we'll see you in person sometime soon. Yes, looking forward to it. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. What a great chat. Now that you know what Sam is looking for, please feel free to reach out to him and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard him on our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues who you think would benefit from the tips our journalist friends share on our show. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together. 